Hello and welcome back one and all to another episode of Maine Education Matters. We are your number one by default source of information and analysis of all things coming out of the Education Cultural Affairs Committee from Augusta, the Maine Department of Education, and really much anything else education related in Maine. We listen so you don't have to. It makes me happy every time. And my name is Matt. And my name is Julie. So today what we're going to do is we're going to recap what happened this last week. We're not going to cover any hearing uh, and hearings. We're just going to cover the work sessions. Uh, there were two work sessions that happened this last week on May 11th and May the 13th, May the 12th, excuse me. Uh, no, May, yeah, May the 12th. And uh, we're going to talk about those. But Julie, before we get into that, I do feel obligated to talk about something that happened on May the 6th, if I may um indulge you for a moment please indulge, indulge. And, and and beg your for for your forgiveness to, to take oh, it down um on may the 6th in front of the educational cultural affairs committee there were there were several public hearings there were four of them ld is 96 156 833 and 1082 do you happen to remember off the top of your head what the topic theme of those LDs and bills and hearings might have been? I do. What were those? Vaccinations. Vaccinations and immunizations. Now, we've said so far this year that nothing circles the wagons, kind of like charter schools. Correct. That brings people out. And we've seen like 50, 80 pieces of testimony for uh, a bill or two on charter schools. Have you looked at the amount of testimony that came through on vaccinations and immunizations for that day? You know, you're making me feel like I've really lost my mind because I'm pretty sure I listened and watched, but I did not do tell. I'm sorry. No, it must it's, be fine. it's fine because, oh, they did not disappoint. They did not disappoint. Now, I, I can imagine that the COVID regulations kept a lot of people away and a lot of people who might normally have just provided in-person testimony, maybe didn't provide the written testimony. But LD96, an act to create fairness in the treatment of students by retaining students with certain vaccine exemptions, 300, <gasps> 313 pieces of testimony. I'm just seeing that. Oh LD, LD 156, an act to promote school attendance by exempting virtual public charter school and private school students from immunization requirements. 229 pieces of testimony. LD 833, an act to amend the laws governing vaccines by reinstating religious exemptions. 316 items are the clear winner so far. Close with number 96, but the clear winner. And LD 1082, an act to improve educational opportunities by exempting children who attend virtual public charter schools from immunization requirements and expanding enrollment at virtual public charter schools, a title so long I had to take a breath in the middle of it. 182 pieces of testimony. For a grand total, Julie, of 1,040 pieces of testimony. Wow. In a day. <laughs> that would be why Hillary 
Rubler made a comment in her review for the work session, of which I did note on the tube of the U that four times as many people viewed the work session for 96 LD, all of those LDs that you mentioned. The hearings. So it's all making sense. Yep. It, it, I mean, it did not this when I, when we saw this come up as going to be a block of bills coming up again this year, it was like, oh, is this, is this going to be that, you know, that well that is that, that constantly refreshing, constantly there well of just wonderfulness and insanity. And it totally was, it totally remains to be. Four bills, well, over a thousand pieces of testimony, you know, more than like tripling or, or so, or at least more than doubling, definitely what we've seen so far in one bill. So <laughs> I may be, I may be exaggerating this a little bit, but let me just replay for you what the work session was like. Go for it. We, we, they've, had the, they've had the work session on these already? Yes, they did. And oh my goodness, I missed that. I watched it this morning at 5 a.m. Um, well, this is what you missed. So Hillary gives the rundown. She gives her analysis. And Senator Rafferty, I, I believe, opens it up for questions, comments. Representative Brennan raises his hand and he says, I vote ought not to pass on LD 96. Ah. It, I, it seriously went through all, well, the first three. And then on the fourth one, which was Representative Sampson's, she quickly got her hand up and offered, you know, the motion ought to pass. But of course that failed. So then Representative Brennan raised his hand and made the motion. So all four of those straight down party lines, eight to five, the 1,000 plus pieces of testimony did not sway the democratic slant. So, so they're all gonna go out with ought not to pass slash ought to pass. Correct. Eight to five, clear. Party that lines. That is so hysterical to me. That, that it was, it just shows the clear partisan nature really of this of this issue and not a any kind of you know science based or evidence based but it's just all all partisan yeah holy moly so anyway folks uh we're you know whereas the last time around when we just came up we spent a lot of time that's it it's done they're done you know there's there's, there's going to be a there'll be a vote on it probably eventually but it's going to go in front of the legislature ought not to pass and that's what's going to happen with it so there you go for those of you who've been dying and waiting to see the stuff that happened regarding vaccinations and immunizations the testimony did not fail us i highly recommend going in uh just doing like a random sampling of some of the reading to see you know what are people out there thinking on this topic which you might already assume you know and chances are you're probably right but always good to you know ch challenge your assumptions and uh have fun with some good old-fashioned reading wow so that that really was a quick turnaround though from monday to thursday is that accurate incredible i can i i don't have it on my list of things oh there they are yeah they are right there sorry i missed them all i had them on my list but yeah geez yeah so on may the 12th they they heard all those and they're all gone 
<laughs> May the 11th was a very intense day. Let's and talk about May the 11th. May the 11th. Go ahead. So it started off about nine o'clock in the work session, and there were a number of bills that were heard and voted on that particular day. And let, we're just going to go right down the list as they have them listed on the uh, Ed Committee website, uh, LD 1253, an act to add a faculty member and non-faculty staff member to the Board of Trustees at the University of Maine system. Yes. Um, this was there was this was coupled with one that has already gone through the floor, which I find that expression funny through the floor. Um, <laughs> but the LD four fifty three. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was to make sure that a member um, from the Wabanaki tribe, or they changed the wording on it, um, would have a seat at the table for the Humane Board of Trustees. So this sounds right. This bill wanted to add faculty members to the board, which I think is a positive step. Um, but apparently our attorney general may have offered a statement against that, but it did end up um, being voted as ought to pass as amended eight to four. So I think Representative Roach was not available, which I believe when we see on the reports anticipated divided report, yep. it's because someone still hasn't voted. That's my two cents on that. Gotcha. Because all of them are divided reports at this point. That, We've yeah, seen very few unanimous, very, very few. Very few, that's, that's very true. Yeah. But I did learn a new term Ooh. that have you heard the term errors bill? Errors bill. Errors uh, bill. That when this does go to the floor, that Hillary is going to have to work with um, another department to fix the wording so that it's not in contradiction because uh, of the yeah. charter. And she said that it would go, it would something with errors bill. So yet another term that I need to wrap my head around but boy, do I understand corner caucus. Whereas at the beginning of this podcast journey, I did not know corner caucus and I know corner caucus now. Just saying. Look, nobody puts caucus in a corner. So Humane System Board of Trustees looking to add more, but we'll learn as, as that goes, but ought to pass as amended. Ought to pass as amended. LD, next one, LD 1343, an act to create education choices by creating education savings accounts for Maine students, presented by Representative Hanley out of Pittston. 56 pieces of testimony for this one, not too shabby. Not 313 I, or 16, but. Right. How did that one end up? Because I do not have that on my notes. Uh, take a guess how it divided. How it divided. I just gave it away. Uh, divided report. Five. Divided report. Yeah. Ought not to pass. No. Ought to pass. What number is it again, Matt? 1343. 1343. 1343. Let's see. Yeah, I, and this is one of those, again, this is 56. kind of the... Uh, 56. Yeah. 56 pieces of testimony. Not too shabby. 
Is Hanley Republican or Democratic? I have no idea. Well, yes. Which is which know. is which is very, very appropriate for me in this podcast because I know next to nothing. But well, I talk you like asked myself. me how the vote turned out, and I will tell you if you tell me his party. <laughs> I mean, that has been the theme of this week. That's, that's the theme. on party lines. Yeah, that, that's been the theme of, of, the, of the session, too. I mean, there's very, yeah. how, many, how many bills, we could probably count, uh, you know, probably with the amount that they've done so far, on, on fewer than two hands, fewer than 10 fingers, I should say, the number of just unanimous bills that have been passed. Which very, is yes, fewer than 10, for sure. So anyway, like when when you and Matt first started on this journey and it was the year of the proficiency um, situation, mm -hmm. was it was it clear then the party lines or oh, yeah. is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Very what was the breakdown? So. Because this uh, year you have eight Democrats, five Republicans. I believe it was at that point it was eight Republicans, five Democrats. Wow, that was that was during the LePage administration, and I'm pretty sure back then that's what it was. I can't remember. Yeah, because they they had a unified government for most of it, didn't they? Yeah, because because all that stuff passed through. Yeah, I don't know, but I I really think that even two years from now, this experience is ingrained in my brain of. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know when Sam does the roll call, I know exactly who's voting what in. It, 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 it kind of just gives, it kind of makes our lives a little, our lives a little easier though, doesn't it? Because we can just say, yeah, well, we know how it's going to be. So all I have to do is present the information to you. And yeah, but not if you hide information from me and won't tell me if Hanley is Republican. Or I'm not hiding information from you. I don't know. I don't know this guy. Yet. So do you know how it turned out? I know it's a divided report, but is it? I would think savings account for kids would be eight five ought to pass, but he's a Republican. Then it's eight five ought not to pass. <laughs> Excellent. Am I going Excellent. to get in podcast jail for being so honest with my thoughts today? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, move on from yeah. move on to 1343. Uh, 1391, an act to enhance educational expertise and knowledge of the Board of Trustees of the University of Maine System. LD 1391, like I said, uh, 21 pieces of testimony submitted for this particular one and was a divided report. Well, I do have information on this one. Okay. I know, I know this will not surprise you, but Representative Brennan added an amendment to direct the DOE to prepare a report on the demographic and geographic profiles and to review other states' practices when it comes to the Board of Trustees. And the report is due January 15th, 2022. Just in time for the second special session. Or the, or the second session. Which, as I was thinking to myself, is this really how we want our DOE spending their time? 
Representative Brennan did say, it was almost like he was reading my mind. He said it shouldn't take a long time to pull together this report. So hopefully the DOE has a, a crack team like we do for our yes. technology and it won't take them long. Yeah, we're still we're still looking to fill those 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 positions. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're still looking to fill them because remember, we don't pay them, they pay us. <laughs> All right, so LD 1426, an act to provide for the equitable funding of education chosen by Maine families, presented by Representative Randall Greenwood out of Wales. Another 56, again, school choice. School choice is gonna bring out gonna bring out the wagons. Yeah, I don't have that one. Tell me, how did that end up? This uh, was been both voted on and reported out ought not to pass. Yeah. Uh, LD 1449, an act to provide for educational funding reform for more equitable state support to communities presented by Representative Geiger out of Rockland. This bill is also ought not to pass. Yeah. Which brings me to the governor made an announcement this week supporting the 55% um, support of education. Indeed. And I know I'm not going to articulate this question very well, but I think you'll know where I'm going. Many bills were proposed this session on changing the funding formula, Yep. Being more, you know, getting to that 55%. My question for you, all, of, you know, these legislators do all of this work to try to get these bills passed, but then she just makes a statement that, you know, this is what I want. This yep. is what we're going to do. So I'm assuming that her order, I hate to use this word, but I'm going to, her order trumps all of those bills so I guess I'm just asking for your explanation of- um... I don't think so, because um, I wanna go back and take a look at that ex at, at the, the order that she's putting in, because I wanna see the language of it. Because, um, let's see, in the, we got a DOE priority notice in our emails, which, which by the way, I have to say, I love how they start it every time now, Dear Champions of Education. That just makes oh. me feel wonderful, right? You are a champion. Um, no, I'm, you are Matt. No, you're 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 the you're the people's champion. I'm the chump. You're the champ. Let's be let's be honest. Okay, okay. You, if you want to believe that, that's fine. But I, I actually believe in in following the science on this issue, and the science clearly shows that I am a chump. I'm not going um, to lie. As I said that, I can hear some of our friends who listen absolutely guffaw at that. We I, all know. We all know. But uh, so girls, we can talk about that later. So yesterday, Governor Mills unveiled her administration's part two budget for the fiscal year. And it's going to, uh, that, that's, so that's where, that, that's where the 55% is gonna come into. It's actually going, it's in a budgetary. So I think a lot of the legislation was trying to finagle and make sure that it happened because if it's just done in an, an executive budgetary thing, it can be taken away, okay. you know? And, or, or the numbers can be finagled uh, previous administrations have done this where they'll say things like oh no we're meeting the 55 percent through these other particular ways and so you can very clearly see and yet when you kind of break it all down like well no, you're not actually giving the money you're kind of 
talking out of the sides of your mouth and using money in both in multiple different ways to say that you're doing it when you're really not. Mm. Um, which is, but this is saying, no, we're actually just going to actually boom, fund it. Uh, so I think the legislative side is like, no, no, in, just in case this administration is not here forever, which it won't be, what happens when the next administration comes in? And that's where the statutes come in. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. And if I'm wrong on that, which is highly likely, please let us know. But all of those funding ended up being ought not to pass. Not surprising about that. I'm not surprised about that in the least. Simply because in general, whenever, whatever, whenever, mostly when funding stuff comes before the committee, it either one gets denied right away or goes to appropriations and dies there. Do we know if any of the bills we've heard have gone to appropriations? Like how come it, how come we don't know? And how come the LD for something we, you know, we were told has gone through the floor, but I must be looking in all the wrong places. Um, like that, like that great classic song, looking for bills looking and all the wrong bills. All, oh yeah. Um, well, to tease out what's coming up a little bit later, I am actually going to be sharing out some information of some LDs that have been signed by the governor. We have, they've actually gone through the floor and been signed into law. I have a list of them. Well, I mean, I'm excited about that because I've tried to stay abreast of all this information and obviously I have not. So I, let's I just yes. because I want to hear and I have some shout outs and we have a couple controversial ones to talk about. Let's get going. Let's get going. Let's stop talking about uh, things like, you know, funding because who really cares about funding? Yeah, move on from um, the funding. Let's talk about LD 880, an act to prevent to protect school employees from workplace bullying presented by Senator Daughtry out of Cumberland. <sighs> So they took this one up with LD 1444, which was the cyberbullying. And An as one prohibit of cyberbullying of school employees. To prohibit cyber, yeah, not on how to. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I have one of my dearest friends experience the worst Zoom bombing experience ever this year. Oh, no. And she just feels so unsupported. And I felt that this 1444, I felt it was going in a different direction. It did pass as amended. And it did pass 12-0 now, now that I look at it. But it was combining Senator Daughtry's language around just adding employees to the language of existing statute against bullying. Does that ring a bell to you? Sure. So, for, so 144 was voted ought not to pass because they blended, they, they built some amendments into 880. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. It's showing right now that it was a divided report, but like I think you probably said, maybe some folks haven't finished fully yeah, voting on it yet. I have, well, now I'm confused because Representative Stearns talked about the duplicative nature of 1444. Mm. Or note to self, maybe 5 a.m. is not the time to catch up ah. on catch up on these. No, I think that actually on a Friday at 5 p.m. All right, here I have it. So <laughs> okay. 1444 
ought to pass as amended, that is, that went 12-0, but then Daughtry's 880 in adding employees, that was the divided report. And because Representative Stearns feels it's redundant. I swear to God, when I am taking notes and watching and listening and, and replaying, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say on the podcast. Yep, I understand this clearly. And then I go back and not so much. So I, I think I, I think maybe you may have, I don't know if you missed something but or, or if the, the website's wrong, but I want to make this clear. 1444, an act to prohibit cyberbullying of school employees, on the website it says ought not to pass. So maybe it was 12-0 ought not to pass. Yeah, probably. And then they, then the, the, the VITA report is on 880, which is what they're trying to amendment-wise push through. All right, let's blame it on my husband came down to check on why I was up so early and he distracted me and I did not put the N. So that is I, what we're going to do. I so smack I, down on Mr. Smythe. So, so, so great. So now we are, we're just attacking husbands. That's just. That's he doesn't funny. listen anyway. He'll never know. Well, that, well, as husbands, we just don't. No, on many occasions. Eh, that's, that's not fair. What's All that? right. So I wasn't listening. What? Um, let's let's just I want to jump jump around a little bit LD 1502 an act to clarify safety issues in schools with respect to health related states of emergency presented by representative Gramlich of Old Orchard Beach. Very interesting to listen to this I might have listened to this one um, last night, um, this was. And the MEA fully supported this because even though educators across the state overwhelmingly did a fantastic job responding to this first time ever, hopefully never repeated pandemic, the MEA of course supports and listens to complaints where things did not go so overwhelmingly positive. And the purpose of this bill was to add consistency. Right. So they talked a lot about the language, um, but what I loved most about, of course I can't find my next page. Um, John Kaczynski and Representative Sampson had a little metaphorical tennis match, I will say. And it was, it was interesting and sort of fun, but that's the geek in me. It was sort of fun to watch that, but um, it ultimately, are we talking about 550? No, 1502. 1502. What happened to it? 1502, again, divide a report. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that it is ought not to pass slash ought to pass. Um, ought to pass as amended. 1502 is ought to pass as amended. And here's the amendment. The amendment was to remove section two, get rid of all of the language that had to do with COVID or health related. I got sidetracked with my tennis comments here. And yes, so ought to pass as amended to just to remove part of it. So, so, so. Okay. And it took, she did strip the emergency preamble. So that's gone. Um, so a language review will come up where 
Sam will work some magic. I think it was Sam on this one. Yeah. And um, so just to catch people up, this bill required school superintendents during a health related state of emergency to comply with any health related executive orders and proclamations made by the governor and any directives and guidance issued by the director of the main CDC within DHHS, et cetera. And I think that you're saying that MEA was saying, hey, well, we heard horror stories of some places didn't. The MPA and the MSSA and MSBA all said, why do we have, why is this bill here? We did this. We don't, we don't, we don't see why this is even necessary. But the MEA felt that, you know, they want to represent their members and make sure that yep. there is consistency. So if a future executive order comes down, they want to make sure that things are in place so that maybe superintendents weren't sharing in the sandbox and they need to do a better job of that statewide. And that meant to, to say that, you know, hey, if this is what the law says to follow the law, which kind of implies that places weren't, doesn't it? So Representative Stearns felt it was overreaching yep. and he could not support it. And Representative Sampson took the opportunity to um, John Kaczynski said that there was a, the DECD, have you ever heard of that? The Department of Economic and Community Discourse? I don't know what it is, but Discourse. that when, when a teacher would go to either their union or directly to the superintendent and express concerns and they weren't being heard, then they could call this hotline and the MEA and the MSSA would would hear and and take action or better support or whatnot. So write down party lines seven sure. to five. So did I so are we are so maybe that way if I'm hearing you correctly that we are creating a new hotline? Like the uh, the main DOE or the main legislative version of a Miss Cleo? <laughs> Representative Sampson liked to refer to it as the snitch line. Oh wow. But John Kaczynski, wow. as he always does, um, he liked to refer to it as the last resort line. I like that. It was yeah, a last resort. Right. You know, if, if people aren't fun, you got to be able to, you got to be able to say something and they're like, yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's that one. Let's, let's I'm finish sorry, up. sorry, it was eight to five. Right down party five. lines. Right down party lines, of course. Let's, let's finish up the, that day, LD 1373 an act to keep all Maine students safe by restricting the use of seclusion and restraint in schools presented by Representative Millette out of Cape Elizabeth. So this was intense. Yeah. Very intense. And I got upset because we had some of our representatives questioning Bear Shea and questioning Bear Shea's experience in this yeah. realm. And Mama Bear came out, I, I, no pun intended on that, I'm not Bearshay's mother, but you know what I mean by that. I know what you mean. Um, oh, it really upsets me when they, when some refuse to listen to experienced educators who have lived it, have been on the ground. Um, they they did not want to hear that the science and the research behind seclusion and restraint. There were uh, several members who did not want to hear that. Yeah, and and and, it, and it, it, for me, it gets back to part of that that whole discussion too that happened uh, a bill last week or so about 
suspensions and expulsions and withholding recess for kids K to five. And, you know, there's a time and a place and there's a reason and there are, it, no one's saying to completely eliminate it. No. What they're saying is it's gotta meet these criteria and these criteria have to be explicit. It's like that, if, if I wanna just tangentially relate it to that discussion about the SAT in schools, people heard it where the title is like getting rid of it for entire, well, that's not what it was saying. This is, this bill is saying it should only be used like in the most extreme situations. It should not be used in a situation. And I'm just hypothetically throwing something out here. Right. Where a, where a kid's like not doing their work not completing a worksheet said, all right, if we don't complete the worksheet, you're going to go in the quiet room. Well, that's not how this is used. It's not a threat. It's a place where a kid is exhibiting behaviors in such a way that's going to be a danger to him or her, to themselves, to other people, to the property, etc. That's the only time and situation it should be used. And I think that that's what this bill is really getting at. And the fact that they were, that other people were coming out and saying things like, well, I'm not really sure that this is that you that you need this kind of thing, or do you really know what you're talking about on this? Or um, I, I forget the exact language, but it was it, it seemed really condescending, and um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, bear, bear. I mean, <laughs> this is that? reminding me that Bear Shea definitely got gets a shout out, a Lady Smith shout out, because he. There you go handled himself so extremely well. He took some some hard questions. Um, he kept using the seatbelt analogy, whereas, you know, a seatbelt isn't, um, a, a seatbelt makes us safer. It doesn't completely make us safe, but he loved that analogy of using the seatbelt. And I'm trying to think of, I'm looking for my notes on the wording that, Except upset me on that, but oh, shout out! See, yeah, I did want to give a shout out, yeah. but it ended up they changed the wording so that yes, and during an imminent threat to either the student or the learning community, they you know this has to stay or this stays in in place, but. Um, it, it was definitely impassioned and representative Lyman, it was the most that she had had shared and they were all so supportive, supportive of her impassioned plea. Um, but her amendment of two lines, which I don't have and I wish I, I did have that before me. Ought not to pass or ought ought to pass as amended. And then, oh, this was what was different, Matt. The minority report was ought to pass, but with Representative Lyman's amendment. So this was the first time I had seen that because usually when there's an ought to pass, the minority is ought not to pass. But this minority was ought to pass with a different amendment. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time for, for me. Um, Matt, there was one more that There's, was voted on that was very controversial. Yeah, that, that's, I wanted to save that one for the end. That one? I wanted to save the one for, because we've talked about, like, that was May the 11th. Did I miss anything on the 11th? Maybe not. But we, think... we already talked about ones on the 12th, all the immunization stuff and the trustees of the University of Maine system. So the only other one that was left was LD 550. Correct. Which is a resolve. Correct. 
um, a resolve directing the state board of education to adopt rules prohibiting teachers in public schools from engaging in political, ideological, or religious advocacy in the classroom, presented by Representative Carmichael out of Greenbush. Seven, oh, sorry, 78 items of testimony presented for this one. And as a reminder, this resolve directed the State Board of Education to adopt major substantive rules prohibiting teachers in public schools from engaging in political, religious, or ideological advocacy in the classroom or from introducing any controversial subject matter that is not germane to the topic of the course being taught with penalties for violations up to and including the termination of the teacher. So how did this one go over? So it started with the sponsor <sighs> offering an amendment to take away the penalty language. And I realized that was just a bit of an overstep. Right, and uh -huh. then Representative Stearns tried to offer his support by asking that policy IMB, which I'm sure many of us have in place, but it turned into, well, IMB should be mandatory. And then of course, when Hillary or Sam hear the mandatory word, then it turns into this, there could potentially be a fiscal note attached to that. And then, um, Representative Stearns went to forming a stakeholder group to design PD, strong PD, for dealing with controversial sensitive issues, of which Representative Salisbury, who is the most experienced school board member on the legislature or on this um, joint standing committee, read policy about how difficult it is to provide PD um, for such a policy. And then I believe it was Representative Brennan who offered, oh, then they went into corner caucus. There were many corner caucuses, mm. but they came out, ought not to pass, right down party lines. Right down party lines. This, Although Representative Roach was missing, so I'm assuming it's reported as an anticipated divided report. It is, it is. Um, yeah, this, this, this one was, I remember, I, I didn't listen to the work session, but I did listen to part of the um, hearing on this one. And so much of it, I just was just, just shaking my head about the misunderstanding of how we teach controversial topics in school and the value in teaching mm. controversial topics in schools. And that what, what, what gets me about bills like this, and, I, and I'm gonna go off on the rails for a second here. What gets me professionally with bills like this is, it's, is, it, is it has this like deep underlying assumption that all educators are wildly partisan and trying to bequeath our own particular ideologies upon the kids. And we are not, what's that word? Professional educators and that what we what we do and do incredibly well is provide balance. We don't necessarily teach one side, we teach inquiry. Well, we teach think how about to ask thing. a question and how to find a good answer to that question and challenge the resources. And, you know, is it okay to challenge presumptions that we've always had? Is that okay to do? So Matt, here's an example of, when you think about someone who runs for the legislature or who runs for school board, they have 
an intent, right? Something has upset them. Sure. They want to right a wrong or they want to prove a point for the most part. I know I'm, I'm generalizing there. So of course, when they think about teachers, well, of course they went into teaching to, to share this ideology. I mean, that's the farthest from the truth. It's just crazy. We, yeah. we I mean, go into education because we care about kids. We care about. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and you know, we, most folks who get into education get in for that reason. We love kids. We want to like make a difference and share and, 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 and share the world. A lot of people don't stay in education very long, but those who do, and this, maybe this is my own personal bias or my own personal beliefs or whatever it is just coming through. Um, you play golf, Julie? You I don't golf? yet. Okay. I will in okay. 20 years, I hope. Um, well, I play golf and I play very poorly. And, but I, 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 I'm a very bad golf player, golfer. But once or a couple of times around, I'll get on that tee and I'll just hit that ball 325 or so yards straight down the fairway. And it's just like, Ooh, that feels good. Or, you know, like you're like at a 40 foot putt and you get like right, uh, right pin high, or you're just right. And it, and it just feels good. It doesn't happen all the time. It happens very rarely, but when it happens, that's why I keep going back because I know that it's there. I know it's possible. And that feeling is just overwhelming. We have those moments in teaching. We have those moments in education and it doesn't happen every day. It only, I mean, only a few of them might happen every, every year, but they're addictive and they are so powerful. That's what keeps us coming back. It's those moments. And that's what the educate, the legislators don't understand. Yeah. It's not that we're, we're doing it to, for, for a political reason or ideology or whatever it is, that's their life. We do it because, no, no, there's these moments when they just, this kid just gets it and you see it in their eyes when it just like that moment of lack of clarity becomes clarity and things click and you're there as part of it. I remember the first time I was, this happened to me, I was teaching pre-K and I was teaching a kid how to write a letter D and he was struggling with it. And I was just sitting there with him working on it and working on it. And when he finally did it, you saw that level of just joy and exuberation when he achieved this goal. He's not gonna remember me. He's not gonna remember my, me, that I helped him with this. That didn't matter. But I was able to help this kid achieve something that he's gonna have for the rest of his life. That moment, took me on the path of where I am today. And every teacher has a moments like that. And Matt, this is the part that's been kind of discouraging for me this week. When, when we started this session, brand new session, mm -hmm. many, many of the representatives on the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee are retired teachers who gave their life to the profession. Mm -hmm. They've had those moments, but it seems like they quickly, I don't know, it just seems like it moves from the passion they felt to protecting their party line. And that's, yeah. I mean, they're, most of the time I'm happy with how it goes, but it's just, it leaves me scratching my the part, head. The partisanship has just completely yeah. overwhelmed and taken over more of the, um, unless, and, and, and maybe I'm assuming the wrong thing. Maybe it's, maybe they fully believe those things and they always fully have believed those things, in which case, well, there's other questions that I have there, but, right. but this, this one about political ideological speech, it, it, for, I'm glad it's ought not to pass because 
it, 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 it's a very, I, I get really all, all kinds of my, my, my shoulders go up whenever anything ever comes up about things like free speech, first amendment type issues, and especially in the classroom. And, you know, you got, you got to let our, you got to let our teachers be able to approach and trust them. Were you listening when um, Senator Daughtry shared the example of how, you know, her teachers in high school or maybe even middle school really challenged her thinking and she had no idea what, you know, what party line they were on. And then now in her political career, she knows that they were on a different party line, but she had no idea. And that's what professionalism and what what our aim is. So I yeah. really appreciate you pointing that out. There were some very interesting uh, cat and mouse type games being played with during the, during the public hearing for that of, of saying things like, well, do you think you might be able to do this? Or what examples do you have of this? And the, and the response was like, well, I've heard things. Right. Yeah. Heard things. A lot, of, a lot of that. Well, I from- have, yes. From a grandmother, from uh, who, from 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 teachers, from students, from parents. Well, no, 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 just just people I've been talking. Okay, so this isn't really even a thing, and and it is because there are people who go out and, and speak about these these issues and they bring these controversial topics up, and it's very challenging. But it's also not a bad thing. You know, I was talking with some folks recently about this and saying things like, "It's not about the topic. Introducing the controversial topic for me." It's how are we measuring it in the schools? Because if a, if a person has a completely, a student has a completely different perspective than me as a teacher, how am I measuring that? Am I measuring it based on the facts and the information that they're giving or am I measuring it based on what I believe? That's where the rubber meets the road, not on the presenting the topics, it's how are we measuring it? And that's where it should be a local issue. Especially if I don't care what our listeners say, Matt. I like when you go on your little tangent. Sorry, I, I just that was a that was a bit of a long one. Um, so and no Michael Scott jokes, Matt Shea, please, from that last statement. Um, oh, speaking of Matt Shea, he zoom bombed our MCLA board meeting this morning. Oh, did he? It's so nice to see him. Okay, you don't have to lie about it. <laughs> That's not funny. All right, we need to close things up. A couple of, yep, a couple of, just a couple of quick um, updates on a few things that have gone before the legislature, the, co- the committee, I should say, but have also been made into chaptered law. Do tell. Let's get into it. So LD 275, which was an act which meant the retirement law is pertaining to certain ed techs. That bill... What's that? I don't remember that one, but I'm happy. Okay. Um, so any employee of a public school or school management leader pursuant to Title 20A who fills any position the DOE requires. Um, yeah, so anyway, that one, that one went before and is, that's one of the first ones that was, that was signed into um, law and that basically provides an exemption to mandatory membership in the state employee and teacher retirement program for employees filling certain ed tech positions. So hey, it's just one of those little loophole type things. I think they, they got uh, wrapped up and filled up. Um, that would be, uh, that, that was chapter six. That was a sixth bill that the um, governor signed. LD 104, 
an act to protect the health of student athletes by requiring the DOE to report on the incidence of concussions signed into law. That was one of the very first ones we talked about because remember we joked about the CTE where I thought it was going to be career in tech, but it was the CTE with concussions. Yep. Yep, Representative Brennan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, LD19, an act to amend the Maine Education Savings Program which started off as a just a program to, well, fix the main education savings program. Uh, that has been signed into law as well as chapter 17. Uh, chapter 32, also known, originally known as LD44, an act to require that a DOE to report annually on summer educational programs signed into law. I remember that one too. LD138, a resolve regarding reading proficiency data analysis. Remember that one where we talked? I do about, remember that one, yeah. Representative Brennan. Representative Brennan to establish benchmarks. It started off as benchmarks and then it turned into a study, uh, been signed into law by Governor Mills. Now there's one other I did want to just um, mention. It's not necessarily DOE related, but it is, um, it's, kind of pertinent to the what, what we do here on our on our podcast because we talk about the legislative process uh, the process ld number two an act to require the inclusion of racial impact statements in the legislative process the original bill for that one um which we never talked about this on this podcast required the legislative council to conduct a study to determine the best method to establish and implement assistance a system of using racial impact statements for legislation it was amended to just some, uh, of who, which agencies could be providing use for this. That bill has been signed into law. So now there will be, um, as there's a creating legislation, they'll be looking at things of, in terms of racial impact statements based on the way that bills are written and produced. It is an, not an emergency, so it will take place what, 60 days after signing uh, or the end of the session, I should say, um, I believe. Is it and my turn yet? And that, uh, that is it for, we have, so, so there have been so far as of, as of this recording, five bills that have been education bills that have been signed into law. And we're gonna be getting back to the uh, legislative session starting next week, I believe. And yes. now Julie, go for it. What do you, what do you got? Matt, I have a smackdown, a shout out, a quote of the week, and a teaser a quote of the week and a we got new we got new bits here awesome we got new bits what do you want first i hey you're in charge okay i like that um my shout out i already sort of spoiled that it has to go to bear shea he got called into a work session really had some tough questions handled himself so extremely well we are so blessed to have bear shea at the department um, so make sure you tag him and maybe he'll listen to my praise, but that was fantastic. Shout out Bear Shea. Smackdown goes to Sam Seneft. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Sam, uh -oh. you cannot do an analysis and not have someone check your spelling. It was almost new vocabulary. It was supposed to read workplace bullying but it was workplace bullying, B-U-L-L-I-N-G. 
as a former English teacher, Sam, if you're going to be presenting on the tube of the U, you need to have someone check your spelling. So got a little smackdown for Sam. I, I know that Teddy Roosevelt would say bully to that. Bully, bully. All right, all right. My quote of the week. Gotta grab that to, bully, gotta grab that bowling by the horns. Oh my goodness. Why do I say I could keep these? I could keep going? Yeah, no. My quote of the week goes to Senator Woodsum. And this was during the conversation at the end of it must have been the 11th, and they were exhausted. And they were discussing LD 880, which was the workplace bullying. Um, and he had had it and he and he had voted with the he had crossed party lines at first, then someone texted him and said, uh, you did not vote right on that. And so they had to reopen it. And he said, I need to go for a ride on my tractor. And I just thought I just envisioned that I can envision him riding on his tractor and, you know, decompressing from the day. I think that's something that we all could use is a ride on his, on, on, on his tractor. On Senator Woodson's tractor? Yeah, I think what we should all do is just head on down there and just like go knock on the door. It could door be a say, fundraiser. It could be hey, a fundraiser to get us up to 55% funding. We, we've heard you had a tractor and I heard you're giving out rides. So. And here is my teaser. We started this podcast with you doing some math regarding all of the testimony that came in for vaccinations. Yes. There were some that had over 300. There was a bill that had over 200 and they were all around vaccinations. Well, this morning at public hearing, they were discussing LD247, an act to improve Maine's education system. So my teaser to you, Matt, and to anyone else who might be listening. Can't wait. To you, um, <laughs> what does it say that there are only three items of testimony when it comes to improving Maine's education system? And on that, I turn it back to you. Well, let us know what you think, why you think this is going to happen. You can contact us on Twitter at Maine Ed Matters. Or on the Book of Face, which is facebook.com slash Maine Education Matters. And with that teaser for the week, some epic shout outs, smackdowns, and a quote of the week, some new bits. Julie, it's been great seeing you. Thank you all Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with me, Matt. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.